Letter fifteen of Pamela, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Pamela, Volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter fifteen. My good lady, I now come to your ladyship's remarks on my conduct to Mrs. Jukes which you are pleased to think too kind and forgiving considering the poor woman's baseness. Your ladyship says that I ought not to have borne her in my sight after the impudent assistance she gave to his lewd attempts, much less to have left her in her place and rewarded her. Alas, my dear lady, what could I do? A poor prisoner as I was made, for weeks together, in breach of all the laws of civil society, without a soul who durst be my friend, and every day expecting to be ruined and undone by one of the haughtiest and most determined spirits in the world. And when it pleased God to turn his heart and incline him to abandon his wicked attempts, and to profess his love to me, his poor servant, can it be thought I was to insist upon conditions with such a gentleman who had me in his power, and who, if I had provoked him, might have resumed all his wicked purposes against me? Indeed, I was too much overjoyed after all my dangers past, which were so great that I could not go to rest nor rise, but with such apprehensions that I wished for death rather than life, to think of refusing any terms that I could yield to and keep my honour. And those such noble ladies as your ladyship and Lady Betty, who are born to independency and are hereditarily, as I may say, on a foot with the highest descended gentleman in the land, might have exerted a spirit and would have a right to choose your own servants and to distribute rewards and punishments to the deserving and undeserving at your own good pleasure yet what had i a poor girl who owed even more my title to common notice to the bounty of my late good lady and had only a kind of imputed sightliness of person though enough to make me the subject of vile attempts who from a situation of terror and apprehension was lifted up to an hope beyond my highest ambition and was bid to pardon the bad woman as an instance that i could forgive his own hard usage of me who had experienced so often the violence and impetuosity of his temper which even his beloved mother never ventured to oppose till it began to subside and then indeed he was all goodness and acknowledgment of which i could give your ladyship more than one instance what i say had i to do to take upon me lady airs and to resent but my dear ladies let me in this instance bespeak the attention of you both i should be inexcusable if i did not tell you all the truth and that is that i not only forgave the poor wretch in regard to his commands but from my own inclination also if i am wrong in saying this i must submit it to your ladyships and as i pretend not to perfection am ready to take the blame i deserve in your ladyship's judgments but indeed were it to be again i verily think i could not help forgiving her and were i not able to say this i should be thought to have made a mean court to my master's passions and to have done a wrong thing with my eyes open which i humbly conceive no one should do when full power was given me over this poor creature seemingly at least though it might possibly have been resumed 
and I might have been recommitted to hers had I given him reason to think I made an arrogant use of it. You cannot imagine what a triumph I had in my mind over the mortified guilt which, from the highest degree of insolence and imperiousness that before had hardened her masculine features, appeared in her countenance when she found the tables likely to be soon turned upon her. This change in behaviour, which at first discovered itself in a sullen awe, and afterwards in a kind of silent respect, showed me what an influence power had over her, and that when she could treat her late prisoner, when taken into favour, so obsequiously, it was the less wonder the bad woman could think it her duty to obey commands so unjust, when her obedience to them was required from her master. To be sure, if a look could have killed her after some of her bad treatment, she had been slain over and over, as I may say. But to me, who was always taught to distinguish between the person and the action, I could not hold my resentment against the poor passive machine of mischief one day together, though her actions were so odious to me. I should indeed accept that time of my grand trial, when she appeared so much a wretch to me, that I saw her not, even after two days that she was kept from me, without great flutter and emotion of heart. And I had represented to your brother before how hard a condition it was for me to forgive so much unwomanly wickedness. But, my dear ladies, when I considered the latter in one particular light, I could the more easily forgive her, and having forgiven her, bear her in my sight, and act by her, as a consequence of that forgiveness, as if she had not so horridly offended. Else, how would it have been forgiveness, especially as she was ashamed of her crime, and there was no fear of her repeating it? Thus, then, I thought on the occasion, poor, wretched agent, for purposes little less than infernal, I will forgive thee, since thy master and my master will have it so, and indeed thou art beneath the resentment even of such a poor girl as I. I will pity thee, base and abject as thou art, and she who is the object of my pity is surely beneath my anger. Such were then my thoughts, my proud thoughts, so far was I from being guilty of intentional meanness in forgiving, at Mr. B.'s interposition the poor low creeping abject self-mortified and master-mortified mrs jukes and do you think ladies when you revolve in your thoughts who i was and what i was and what i had been designed for when you revolve the amazing turn in my favour and the prospects before me so much above my hopes that i left them entirely to providence to direct for me as it pleased without daring to look forward to what those prospects seemed naturally to tend when I could see my haughty persecutor become my repentant protector, the lofty spirit that used to make me tremble, and to which I never could look up without awe, except in those animating cases where his guilty attempts, and the concern I had to preserve my innocence, gave a courage more than natural to my otherwise dastardly heart. When this impetuous spirit could stoop to request one whom he had sunk beneath even her usual low character of his servant, who was his prisoner under sentence of a ruin worse than death, as he had intended it, and had seized her for that very purpose, could stoop to acknowledge the vileness of that purpose, should say at one time that my forgiveness of Mrs. Jukes should stand me in 
greater stead than i was aware of could tell her before me that she must for the future show me all the respect due to one he must love at another acknowledge before her that he had been stark naught and that i was very forgiving again to mrs jukes putting himself on a level with her as to guilt we are both in generous hands and indeed if pamela did not pardon you i should think she but half forgave me because you acted at my instructions another time to the same we have been both sinners and must be both included in one act of grace when i was thus lifted up to the state of a sovereign forgiver and my lordly master became a petitioner for himself and the guilty creature whom he put under my feet what a triumph was here for the poor pamela and could i have been guilty of so mean a pride as to trample upon the poor abject creature when i found her thus lowly thus mortified and wholly in my power then my dear ladies while i was enjoying the sole charming fruits of that innocence which the divine grace had enabled me to preserve in spite of so many plots and contrivances on my master's side and such wicked instigations and assistances on hers and all my prospects were improving upon me beyond my wishes when all was unclouded sunshine and i possessed my mind in peace and had only to be thankful to providence which had been so gracious to my unworthiness when i saw my persecutor become my protector my active enemy no longer my enemy but creeping with slow doubtful feet and speaking to me with awful hesitating doubt of my acceptance a stamp of an insolent foot now turned into curtsying half-bent knees threatening hands into supplicating folds and the eye unpitying to innocence running over with a sense of her own guilt a faltering accent of her late menacing tongue and uplifted handkerchief i see she will be my lady and then i know how it will go with me was not this my ladies a triumph of triumphs to the late miserable now exalted pamela could i do less than pardon her and having declared that i did so was i not to show the sincerity of my declaration would it not have shown my master that the low-born pamela was incapable of a generous action had she refused the only request her humble condition had given her the opportunity of granting at that time with innocence would he not have thought the humble cottager as capable of insolence and vengeance too in her turn as the better born and that she wanted but the power to show the like unrelenting temper by which she had so grievously suffered and might not this have given him room to think me and to have resumed and prosecuted his purposes accordingly fitter for an arrogant kept mistress than a humble and obliged wife i see might he not have said the girl has strong passions and resentments and she that has will be sometimes governed by them i will improve upon the hint she herself has now given me by her inexorable temper i will gratify her revenge till i turn it upon itself i will indulge her pride till i make it administer to her fall for a wife i cannot think of in the low-born cottager especially when she has lurking in her all the pride and arrogance you know my ladies his haughty way of speaking of our sex of the better descended and by a little perseverance and watching her unguarded hours and applying temptations to her passions i shall first discover them and then make my advantage of them 
might not this have been the language and this the resolution of such a dear wicked intriguer for my lady you can hardly conceive the struggles he apparently had to bring down his high spirit to so humble a level and though i hope all would have been even in this worst case ineffectual through divine grace yet how do i know what lurking vileness might have appeared by degrees in this frail heart to encourage his designs and to augment my trials and my dangers and perhaps downright violence might have been used if he could not on one hand have subdued his passions nor on the other have overcome his pride a pride that every one reflecting upon the disparity of birth and condition between us would have dignified with the name of decency a pride that was become such an essential part of the dear gentleman's character in this instance of a wife that although he knew he could not keep it up if he made me happy yet it was no small motive of his choosing me in one respect because he expected from me more humility more submission than he thought would be paid him by a lady equally born and educated and of this i will send you an instance in a transcription from that part of my journal you have not seen of his lessons to me on my incurring his displeasure by interposing between yourself and him in your misunderstanding at the hall for madam i intend to send at times anything i think worthy of your ladyship's attention out of those papers you were so kind as to excuse me from sending you in a lump and many of which must needs have appeared very impertinent to such judges thus could your ladyship have thought it have i ventured upon a strange paradox that even this strongest instance of his debasing himself is not the weakest of his pride and he ventured once at sir simon darnford's to say in your hearing as you may remember that in his conscience he thought he should hardly have made a tolerable husband to anybody but pamela and why for the reasons you will see in the enclosed papers which give an account of the noblest and earliest curtain lecture that ever girl had one of which is that he expects to be born with complied with he meant even when in the wrong another that a wife should never so much as expostulate with him though he was in the wrong till by complying with all he insisted upon she should have shown him she designed rather to convince him for his own sake than for contradiction's sake and then another time perhaps he might make better resolutions i hope from what i have said it will appear to your ladyship and to lady betty too that i am justified or at least excused in pardoning mrs jukes but your dear brother has just sent me word that supper waits for me and the post being ready to go off i defer till the next opportunity which i have to say as to these good effects and am in the meantime your ladyship's most obliged and faithful servant p b End of letter 15